guys, welcome to the podcast. Let's get a little bit closer. Oh, so, um, believe it or not, we're actually up to episode number five now. Um, and I do want to start the show by reminding everybody, if you haven't yet voted, uh, to please vote uh, Maxim's Finest. The link will be on every platform. It will be down at the bottom for YouTube video watchers as well. Um, Anna right now is currently 15th in the international group three. There's actually six days left to vote. Um, please, if you haven't, make sure that you do. Uh, you can vote through Facebook. You can also vote with the Warrior vote. Uh, and then if you do it that way, which I encourage, uh, a portion of the proceeds benefits Homes for Wounded Warriors. Uh, so please, guys, check that out. Please vote for Anna. Let's help her win. Um, and let's get started with the show. All right. And today's show, we're actually going to be talking a lot about economics, which is something new to this show. Uh, we usually talk a lot about politics, we talk about a lot of different things, uh, but it's rare that we usually get to talk that much about economics. But um, actually, no, now that I think about it, we did talk about the Bank of Canada raising interest rates. So uh, sometimes economics does kind of you know trickle its way uh, into the podcast. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about with you guys when it comes to economics is actually a story that is uh, pretty sad. Um, CNBC reported last night uh, that Toys R Us apparently is weighing the possibility of filing for bankruptcy. Um, so that, you know, you never want to see. Um, you know, you think about Toys R Us, everybody growing up as kids. Um, you know, were they overpriced? Um, you know, you could make that argument. Um, you know, you look at a, a retailer like Sears, you know, in the same boat. Um, you know, it seems like the brick, brick and mortar stores are, um, you know, in a lot of trouble these days. Um, we're actually going to come full circle at the end of the podcast to talk about competition for Toys R Us, which is uh, probably part of the reason why they are thinking about filing for bankruptcy. But uh, yeah, definitely a sad story. Uh, you hate to see. A franchise like Toys R Us have to file for bankruptcy and possibly shut things down, um, but you know, uh, even as I get older and you know I buy toys for uh, my friends' kids and stuff like that, um, you know, nephews, nieces, things like that. Uh, yeah, Toys R Us's prices they do seem a little bit high even to this day. Um, so you know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that story. Um, also, I wanted to share with you guys a couple of really good uh, tweets, again, from Billionaire Mindset. Um, the first one, life is too short to spend time with people who suck the happiness out of you. Um, I think that's very true. Um, I think it's so important to choose your friends wisely and to you know surround yourself with the people that inspire you and, and you know keep things positive you know so um, I, I do believe in that quite a bit um, the second tweet from billionaire mindset which I thought was good it says don't look for someone who will solve all of your problems look for someone who will face them with you so again you know talking about the friends that you surround yourself with um, I think both of those were really good thoughts uh, and, and brain droppings there uh, tweets from Billionaire Mindset. Um, and also, just a reminder, uh, you know, we haven't yet, and obviously like this podcast is very, very young. Uh, it's, it's only five episodes deep, and, you know, we're still searching for our audience, let alone advertisers. But, you know, just a reminder, if you are watching this, 
and you are a business or you've got like a product or a service that you would like to uh, broadcast to all of our audience through all the different platforms we're on YouTube, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Podcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, you know, we're on so many different platforms now. Um, It allows for us to reach quite the audience. Um, And if you've got a product or a service or a business that you want to promote on the show, definitely hit us up on any of those platforms and let us know um, because we definitely would love to have those types of partnerships um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, This episode probably won't have as much wrestling content as earlier this week, um, but this is kind of like a late brain dropping that I had. Uh, I was watching 205 Live the other day, so that's where the the cruiserweights uh, duke it out on WWE Network. Um, and Neville is the champion. Neville, um, to me, what they've done with him, the push that they've given him, the the character that he has now, how he's just talking on the mic, uh, it sometimes cracks me up because it's so good. Um, like I'm so happy for what Neville's been able to accomplish as champion, and uh, he's just so good on the mic. He reminds me now almost of like Owen Hart. Um, the way that even just the way that he's he sounds a little bit um, it, it's very interesting and it's uh, good to see man like Air, Neville is is uh, I was gonna say Aaron Neville but it's not the same <laughs> uh, Neville is 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 uh, really good on the mic and when he was confronting Enzo Amore on 205 live uh, earlier this week uh, I thought that that was great um, such an interesting person to have as champion for the cruiserweights and I think he's only like lifting. Uh, that division up. Um, another thing I found interesting, uh, just kind of randomly, I was looking at uh, some stuff about Bitcoin, and uh, I was listening to some opinions on Bitcoin, and a lot of people are saying that they think that the banks aren't interested in Bitcoin even to this day, despite the fact that you know its worth, its value has like shot up like a rocket. Um, you know, you look at Bitcoin. I think like a year ago one Bitcoin was like five or six hundred dollars, it's now five thousand dollars almost or six thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. So, um, you know, it's interesting the banks aren't interested in Bitcoin itself still, but they are interested apparently in the technology behind it. So um, they were comparing that basically saying, you know, that's like the horse and buggy companies back in the day liking automobiles. Uh, but because they invest so much money on hay and horses, you know, they would only want to revolutionize their industry just by using tires. So they'll keep the horse and buggy, but they'll use, you know, the nice tires that automobiles have to try to revolutionize their business. Like, it doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, and, and one of the cool things about Bitcoin um, that a lot of people forget, because people just think of it in terms of like an investment, but if you look at countries around the world where their currency got devalued, um, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Brazil, you look at the UK even after they did Brexit when their, their value dropped by like 20% uh, in one day. Um, you know, what went up, there was three things that went up after that for Brexit. Uh, Bitcoin, number one, uh, gold, of course, and the yen. You know, so um, it's interesting to see how the banks continue to reject Bitcoin but you see a lot of interesting things going on with Bitcoin um, to this day, including its value. Like for it to go in one year 
um, you know, from five or six hundred dollars to five thousand or six thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. Um, you know, it, it, it's very interesting to see. Um, moving on, this I could not believe, but there was a tweet from Al Roker. Um, Al Roker uh, tweeted out, "Do not listen to Rush Limbaugh when he says that Irma is not a dangerous storm and is hype. He is putting people's lives at risk, and that's absolutely right." I literally cannot believe, as crazy as Rush Limbaugh is, and as you know, doped up on drugs as he is, um, that he would say something that stupid, you know. Um, and I was saying, you know, I seriously can't believe Al even had to say this, you know, on Twitter. Uh, but you know, why doesn't Rush go to Miami and say that again? Just saying. Um, another crazy story. Uh, this is coming from the crossover on Twitter. Uh, it happened last night. Dennis Rodman uh, apparently came out and offered to straighten things out between the U.S. and North Korea. Um, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, another interesting thing that happened was he came out on NBC News and he, he said uh, some th a few things. Um, and I'd like to play that clip for you guys. I basically hang out with him all the time. He, we laugh, we sing karaoke. We do a lot of cool things together. And we ride horses, we hang out, we go skiing. And uh, we, we only ever talk politics. And that's the good thing about that. Every time I see him, he's always calm. He's just like anybody else to me. I mean, he's always laughing, smiling, you know, talking to his people. I've never seen, I've never seen anything like this in, in the world. I've been around the world so many times. I've never seen any human being in my life have that much power in my life and I was just saying to that and he knows Donald Trump and this is what he's saying about Kim Jong-un so pretty interesting um, you know when you're talking about Dennis Rodman uh, there's a lot of thoughts that came up about this um, that I wanted to share with you guys so uh, Brandon Griffith responded, he said, finally, with Rodman's help, we might achieve meta-world peace. I thought that was pretty good. Um, Matthew Stanley tweeted, I can't wait to see which dress Rodman wears for his Nobel Peace Prize award ceremony. I thought that was also pretty funny. Um, Yusuf Kobo said, infinite realities and universes, and I happen to be stuck in the one where Dennis Rodman has to save the world from nuclear annihilation. I thought that was also pretty funny. Um, Sports Illustrated tweeted out, Dennis Rodman is on it. Um, and I tweeted out, you know, if, if Earth's last shot is Rodman, I think we're fucked. Um, why couldn't it have been Carl the Mailman Malone or MJ? Even Scottie Pippen, really. Um, this was a tweet from Uberfax that actually freaked me out, especially because lately this week for me, um, I honestly haven't been getting um, too much sleep. Um, it says that chronic sleep deprivation can cause your brain to eat itself. Um, so that kind of scared me when I read that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, then I saw something that I couldn't help but make a joke about. So uh, the Dave Matthews Band, 
apparently is going to be having a concert in Charlottesville. And I couldn't help myself to make a joke here. I said, uh, I can't believe Dave Matthews Band plans to open their concert for Charlottesville with Crash Into Me. Uh, so if you haven't heard Crash Into Me, <laughs> please do. If you'll hear the lyrics, um, you'll see why it's so crazy uh, to say that. Obviously, I don't think Dave Matthews Band will even play that song. <laughs> if they did, it would be hilarious because it would be so insensitive based on what happened in Charlottesville. Um, but I couldn't help but make that joke. I thought it was very funny. Um, another thing that happened yesterday was the media has been criticizing Donald Trump. And, you know, I've been criticizing Donald Trump quite a bit on this show. Uh, but there's one thing that, uh, that came up recently that the media was, that the media was trying to uh, talk about with Trump that I found a little bit offside um, and not really fair to Donald Trump. Uh, it was about when the press secretary came out and said that he was going to donate $1 million um, to hurricane victims uh, for Hurricane Harvey. And the media really doubted that. Um, they really came out and said, like, is he really going to do it? Is it going to be him personally or is it going to be his foundation? Um, I kind of felt like that was offside. I didn't think that was fair to Trump. Um, you know, I, I understand why the media would go that route, but I, at the same time, I think that, that was a little bit much. Um, at a minimum, you know, let's say that he didn't uh, donate a million dollars. The fact that he's raising that awareness alone, I think, is worth more than a million dollars. Um, but to Trump's credit, and based on that pressure from the media, uh, he actually did show exactly where he's splitting up the money. And that is on our, our Twitter account if you guys want to check it out. Uh, retweet from Charlie Spearing, um, basically splitting up the million dollars into several different uh, groups there, uh, all trying to help hurricane victims uh, for Hurricane Harvey. So, um, you know, I, I have slammed Donald Trump quite a bit um, in previous podcasts, previous shows. Uh, I will give him credit here. I think credit's due. Um, I think that's a very generous donation. Um, especially for him personally to give. I know uh, people will say, well, you know, he's got a lot of money. Um, doesn't matter. You know, uh, at the end of the day, any amount of money, even people that are donating a dollar, a penny, five dollars, ten dollars, um, every donation counts for those people uh, that are in harm's way there in the hurricane. And obviously, unfortunately, uh, with Hurricane Irma approaching, it seems like we'll be going through this all over again. Um, but of course there were jokes and you know this being more of like a comedy podcast uh, I had to share those jokes with you guys um, so one of the things that came out uh, Andre L at uh, Giant Andre on Twitter said I'll need to see the receipts I thought that was pretty funny um, and NWS OPC speaking of hurricanes uh, tweeted this image of the three hurricanes going on at the same time. Um, you've got Hurricane Cadia on the left, which is going towards uh, Central America, Mexico. Uh, you've also got Hurricane Irma, which is going through the Caribbean right now and will most likely hit Florida uh, quite hard, especially Miami. Um, and you've got Hurricane Jose, where you know that path is starting to go up a bit north. Um, 
you know, just a, I would call it like a train at this point, because it is, it's like three different hurricanes all in, you know, close proximity to each other, um, just, you know, moving forward, like it, it looks like a freaking train of these, you know, jacked up hurricanes, um, you know, it's crazy to see this, and you know, it is hurricane season, but still, you know, to see that um, and to see the speeds that they're going at really is what scares a lot of people. Um, Dan Diamond tweeted out the other day, uh, what a lead on the story about Trump's shocking deal with Congress today. So uh, last night it came out that Donald Trump made a deal with uh, Democrats, uh, which we'll be talking more about. Um, but this is just a tidbit of what happened here. So Donald Trump, who cast himself as a master negotiator, took the first offer Democrats put on the table. So, um, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting perspective about that deal that Donald Trump made with the Democrats. Uh, Jennifer Jacobs also tweeted out uh, that Trump on Air Force One tells the press he had a good meeting with Democratic leaders Pelosi and Schumer. We agreed to a three-month extension on the debt ceiling. Uh, so really, that's where the deal was struck between the Democrats and Donald Trump. And again, you know, I've slammed Donald Trump uh, throughout the podcast episodes, but this is another area where I would actually have to give him credit. Um, as we've been talking about throughout these podcasts, the Republican Congress, the Republicans in the House, the Republicans in the Senate, uh, they did nothing under Obama's presidency. They're continuing to do nothing under Trump's presidency. It seems like Donald Trump has reached that boiling point now where he's saying, you know what? fuck it, I'm going to go talk to the Democrats because these Republicans, they're not helping me. Um, so I have, to, I have to give, and I know some of the media has actually been critical of Donald Trump doing this, I have to give Trump credit um, for finding common ground uh, with the Democrats and getting that done to approve the debt ceiling for at least the next three months. Um, Adrian Corasquillo uh, tweeted out, a source close to the White House, the deal was very Trumpian. It speculated that it was a warning shot to the GOP that I don't need you for everything. Um, and as much as I have slammed Donald Trump, as I continue to say, um, I do have to give him credit for that. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see um, somebody willing to work with another party in the U.S., um, something that we haven't seen in a while. Um, then we've got a few images that came out based on this. Uh, this one I thought was great. This was from Christina Wilkie on Twitter. Uh, she said the faces on Schumer and Pelosi. Uh, so Schumer's in the middle there, Pelosi's there on the right. And then Mitch McConnell, the Republican, is on the left. Uh, captures the negotiating leverage each party has right now. So uh, Schumer and Pelosi with a bit of a smirk, a smile on their faces. Uh, Mitch McConnell there looks dejected, rejected. Um, as he should. Um, I, I have uh, given a lot of shit to Donald Trump, but I give even more shit to the Republicans in Congress, including Mitch McConnell, including Paul Ryan, uh, and a slew of other characters on the Republican side in Congress. Um, I just view them as useless. I, I honestly don't know why taxpayers are voting them in. I don't know why taxpayers are willing to pay these fools. They're not doing a fucking thing in Congress. They're not even doing what their own Republican leader president wants them to do. I think they're useless. Um, and kudos to Trump for finally, seemingly, to realize that uh, and starting to work with Democrats to get some things done, at least 
uh, approving a fucking debt ceiling, which should be approved automatically anyways. That's just how crazy the Republicans in Congress have, have been. Um, Carl Cantanella, again, tweeting out, now that's a photo, and it shows Donald Trump shaking hands with a smile on his face with Chuck Schumer, who seems amused and smiling as well. So, um, you know, again, strange bedfellows sometimes in politics. Um, you know, but to me, it's encouraging to see that. Uh, as many bad things that have happened under Trump's presidency, um, it's interesting to see him, you know, saying, you know what, nothing's going on with the Republican Party right now. Let me see if I can work with the Democrats at least on the debt ceiling. Um, you know, I have to give him kudos for that. Um, and then there is this awesome tweet uh, from Haley Bird. Uh, she's tweeting that meme uh, that's become very, very popular where Donald Trump is distracted by Chuck Schumer and Paul Ryan is just sitting there, um, you know, frustrated, feeling rejected. Um, Jonathan Swan uh, tweeted out a very interesting tweet. He said that he just spoke to a top Republican close to the leadership about Trump's decision, and here's what they had to say. Um, the Democrats bluffed their way into total victory. Uh, they win the politics of DACA and leverage on debt in the winter. Uh, the fate is sealed. DACA will be reauthorized without strings. Schumer has inserted himself into all negotiations in the winter, including tax, spending, and immigration. Uh, so again, you know, considering the fact that the Democrats have, uh, you know, a, a minority, um, it's interesting to see how they've played this out, uh, where they now have a little bit more uh, say in things. They have a little bit more control over matters, even as a minority. So um, I think that speaks more to how dysfunctional the Republicans in Congress have been than it does about how you know strategic uh, Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi are. I'm not their biggest fans either, but um, yeah, you know, it, it really kind of shows like how dysfunctional the Republicans in Congress have been that the president says, you know what, fuck you guys, I'm going to go speak with Schumer and Pelosi on the Democratic side and at least try to approve the fucking debt ceiling, which should be approved automatically anyway. Washington Post tweeted out saying Trump sides with Democrats on the spending bill and the debt limit, which puts Republicans in an awkward position. Uh, but again, you know, to me, I feel like the Republicans put themselves in that awkward position. What have they passed in Congress? They haven't done anything. I don't blame Trump for reaching out to the Democrats to try and, and get things done. But as nice as I've been towards Trump on this show, of course he's Donald Trump, which means that my praise can only last for about that long. Uh, he did a very foolish thing, I thought, that was captured on CBS News. Uh, he was in North Dakota talking about the Dakota pipeline access, and uh, yeah, I wanted to play this clip for you guys. And right here in North Dakota, the Dakota access pipeline is finally open for business. Now, what other politician, if elected president, would have done that one? They would have stayed so far away. And I did it immediately. And I didn't even do it in that case for jobs. It was the right thing to do. And that is flowing now beautifully. So it was the right thing to do. We opened it despite so many people that were on the other side, calling and asking for this not to happen. Please, we don't want it to happen. I said, why? They didn't know. 
There was no, they just didn't want it to happen. So I did that. I also did Keystone. You know about Keystone. Another one. Big one. Big. First couple of days in office, those two. 48,000 jobs. Tremendous, tremendous thing. I think environmentally better. I really believe that. Environmentally better. I... The balls it takes to say that it's environmentally better when on the right bottom right hand screen of that of that speech there by Trump, it's showing a tracker for the train of fucking hurricanes that's in the Caribbean and the Atlantic. Um, I just can't believe the arrogance um, of Trump to make a statement like that right after talking about the hurricanes and while there's a tracker on the bottom right uh, for CBS there showing the hurricanes um it's it's just mind-boggling and i also find it funny that he's talking about keystone um and you know he's he's back and forth about whether or not he wants to renegotiate nafta um you know keystone i would remind everybody especially those of you that are watching in the u.s that's coming out of alberta canada um you know so it's it's interesting to me that he's praising keystone but yet he's against NAFTA. Um, it doesn't really work that way, just like it doesn't work that way with these pipelines and saying that it's environmentally better when you've got these super hurricanes going uh, there on the tracker at the bottom. Uh, then another interesting clip, uh, this was from the Prime Minister in Australia, Prime Minister uh, Turnbull, saying that the risk of war is greater than it's been since the end of the Korean War. Uh, so that clip I wanted to play for you guys as well. Overseas. Are we going to war? Look, I think the chance of war is, the prospects of war or the risk of war, Carl, is greater than it's been since the end of the Korean War. Wow. Uh, I, but uh, the, you know, this, the, the, the threatening conduct of Kim Jong-un uh, is becoming more intense all the time. Having said that, uh, I remain uh, confident that uh, the global community will put more economic pressure on North mm -hmm. Korea and that will, uh, in, that will bring it, the regime to its senses. But, you know, the, if he carried out his threat, uh, for example, and uh, attacked the United States or attacked one of America's allies, then, as the President has said, as uh, Secretary Jim Mattis has said, there would be an overwhelming uh, and massive military response. It would be a suicide note on the part of Kim Jong-un, and but it would be a complete catastrophe. OK. Uh, then another interesting tweet that I found, uh, this was actually from Joe Rogan, uh, it's a story from Live Science uh, where a man had, so another interesting tweet that I found, a uh, tweet from Joe Rogan, uh, it was a tweet actually uh, that he found from Live Science um, where this man had a bladder stone that was almost as big as an ostrich egg and there you see it um, as, long, as well with the, uh, the x-rays there. Um, just an incredible story, uh, and the full story is there on lifescience.com, uh, but yeah, that, it, it just, one of those stories that just, like, jumps out at you, you're just like, wow, is this even possible? Uh, apparently, it definitely was possible. Um, in addition to that, uh, some really good news, uh, those of you guys that watch Real Time with Bill Maher on HBO, uh, I'm definitely a, 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 a huge fan of Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, it will be uh, extended 
through 2020, uh, and they're saying assuming that there's still airtime in 2020, um, and they've got the gift with balloons there. Um, but yeah, like I'm really happy uh, for Bill Maher. Uh, he's had a rough time lately. I don't think it's as rough as it was a month or two ago, uh, when you know there's a lot of uh, hatred and anger towards him about something that he said on his show, um, and you know I, I I felt like it was unfair to him. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with with what he said, um, but he was saying it out of humor, and I think sometimes people watch Bill Maher's show and they view it just for the politics of it, which, is, you know, there is definitely a lot of really good politics that are talked about and discussed on his show, but I think people forget that Bill Maher is a comedian, and, you know, uh, a lot of his show is based on humor, so um, I'm glad to see that HBO views it that way as well, um, and that his show is going to be extended. Um, obviously, I would have been more shocked if they didn't because Bill Maher has such a huge impact on HBO besides real time. He's also the executive producer for Vice, which is another show uh, that I absolutely love. Um, so yeah, like it's really good to see real time getting extended to 2020. Um, another interesting thing on Twitter last night was a hashtag that, that got trending actually. Uh, it was hashtag Canadians aren't afraid of. Uh, and this first one I thought was hilarious. It says, Canadians aren't afraid of a little cold, and it isn't going to stop them from hortening up. And it shows a guy breaking through uh, the glass of his car to get a Tim Hortons cup. <laughs> and I thought that that was uh, pretty funny. Now, obviously, you know, if you're watching this GIF, it's not actually glass, it's ice, but it still proves the point, and it's, it's I thought, hilarious. So um, that wasn't the only one. There was quite a few good tweets uh, with that hashtag. Uh, there was one, Canadians aren't afraid of snow, that's for sure, and you see uh, a kid there in a swing set where the snow's been dug out around the swing set, <laughs> and he's actually still using the swing. Um, you know, that shows that Canadian spirit. <laughs> um, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, another one, hashtag, Canadians aren't afraid of buying milk in bags. I thought that was pretty good. Um, this one was good too. Canadians aren't afraid of a little rioting. And it says, uh, Canadian riots. And the woman's holding up a sign, I'm a little upset. Another sign, don't do it again, okay? And then another one, sorry to bother you, but perhaps you should take a break as our mayor, question mark. So um, I thought that was also pretty cute. Um, then we've got, Canadians aren't afraid of offending someone. And it shows Canadian graffiti where it just says, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, another one, this one from Scott Williams. Unlike Americans, Canadians aren't afraid of the metric system. I thought this one was good too. Canadians aren't afraid of a little bit of snow. And it shows in the UK we're experiencing heavy snow. In the US, that's adorable. And in Russia, and our response to that is, bitch, please. Another uh, popular trending tweet hashtag uh, from last night. Let me restart that. Another trending hashtag from last night was hashtag Kim Jong-un uh, leisure activities. Uh, so one of them was making music videos. <laughs> 
another one was gardening, and it says, Dad, get up, we're in deep shit, as <laughs> it shows him digging. <laughs> another one uh, says, thinking about what could have been, and it shows Kim Jong-un looking at a screen that says, Obama gives Iran $150 billion to behave. And then another one says, playing video games. Uh, so another brain dropping that I had, uh, I was watching uh, the movie VHS 2, um, and I was a huge fan of the horror movie VHS, uh, the first one, so I thought, oh, you know, VHS 2, I'm sure this will be just as good, um, and honestly, it wasn't quite as good as the first one, I, I didn't feel like. Um, in fact, to me, the only thing that was any good was the end credit song uh, from the band The Death Set called Six Different Ways to Die. Other than that, the movie was just... To me, it was like over the top, it was silly, it wasn't quite as good as the first one. Um, but on the flip side, uh, I'm still in the middle of watching it, I haven't watched the entire uh, documentary, but there's a documentary, Sound City, um, which is so far so good. Uh, hopefully in the next podcast I'll be able to give you guys like my full thoughts on that one. Uh, but just the number of bands that recorded there, um, the history... Uh, it, it's, it's a very interesting documentary, especially if you're a fan of music like I am. Uh, so many bands, uh, and yeah, like I'll, I'll do a full review hopefully on the next podcast for that, uh, so far, really good uh, documentary. Um, Ashley Feinberg tweeted out that she thought uh, that yesterday... Uh, the Attorney General was a little bit too giddy about destroying people's lives. And, you know, that's a good screenshot with that, you know, weird smile on the face of the Attorney General Sessions there. Um, you know, and I would tend to agree. I, th I don't think that that's a moment to be showing any type of giddiness or smiling or anything like that when you're ruining the lives possibly of 800,000 people with DACA. Um, yeah, that was not a good look for the Attorney General. Um, there was another tweet uh, that, that goes back to the hurricanes, Hurricane Irma, uh, and this was from Criticism. Uh, he tweeted out, with Irma coming, here's a map of Joel Olstein's Florida churches for assistance and cover. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. It points out, you know, throughout the map of Florida, all of these points, so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Joel Olstein, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, heavy criticism for uh, what happened in Houston, where he didn't open up his church for people seeking refuge from the hurricane, uh, and, uh, you know, eventually, actually because of the pressure of the internet, which goes to show you, like, just how powerful uh, Twitter and the internet can be, because of that pressure, he actually did open up his church for people seeking refuge. Uh, he claimed that it was God that told them, I think that it was the internet. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, when you walk into a room and you forget why you walk in there, in the first place, it's the phenomenon known as event boundary. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced that. I have. It's probably one of the worst feelings. Like, you, you knew going into the room that there was a purpose, there was a reason why you were going in there, but it's like as soon as you went through the door, you just had like a brain freeze, and you're just, why the hell did I come in here again? Uh, sometimes it'll get back to you, and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Sometimes you'll be standing around for a few seconds, you're just like, I oh, forget it, I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, interesting that they actually have a name for that phenomenon known as the event boundary. 
uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Wes, he tweeted out uh, that he saw Counting Crows and Matchbox 20 last night. Uh, he said, welcome to 1999. I thought that was pretty funny. Then we had uh, a tweet from Alan underscore Cheapshot, and he says that on this day in 1998, uh, going back to wrestling, uh, on WCW Nitro, Goldberg was celebrating his win when he slipped and fell backwards, but he rolled as if he meant to do it, uh, as only Goldberg could do. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out, the average guy has 10 sexual partners, 6 one-night stands, and gets stood up twice uh, before he finds the woman of his dreams, his study claims. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, Another interesting story, this came out from the Associated Press just three hours ago. Uh, Farmer Bro, which is uh, what the media calls him, uh, but Martin Shkreli, uh, is putting the only known copy of a Wu-Tang Clan album he bought for $2 million up for sale on eBay. Now this guy, a lot of people have hatred towards because of the fact that he uh, was behind trying to increase the cost of uh, medicine for people. Um, and He's now trying to sell an album that he has of the Wu-Tang Clan uh, for $2 million on eBay. Um, it's a, it's a, such a crazy story. Um, so he did list it on eBay, and the bids actually reached a million dollars so far, uh, which is incredible. Considering the hatred towards this guy, I'm surprised he's even able to get one dollar. I think... Um, for the people that are bidding on it, they're bidding on it obviously not because of him, but because of the Wu-Tang Clan, um, you know, how rare that album is, um, hopefully. I, I don't think anybody's supporting this guy. I think it's more along the lines of, like, what the actual, um, object is that is up for bid. Um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, fans of the Wu-Tang Clan, um, but a million dollars for their album is a bit crazy. Um, what I didn't know, and this is interesting, he might actually take it for a loss because he bid for it, and he bid for it for $2 million. It's currently at $1 million on eBay right now. Uh, so that would be interesting if he actually takes a loss on that, uh, considering the amount of hatred towards him. Um, what he's claiming is that half of the money will go to medical research, but I don't know if anybody believes him at this point. And he's also saying that he has not, quote, carefully listened to the one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang Clan album he spent seven figures on. I don't think that's really believable either. Uh, Corey Peen uh, tweeted, Wu-Tang Clan should buy it back for half the original price and then sell it for triple. Uh, I think that would be awesome if they actually did that. Um... And then I found a lot of tweets talking about uh, commutes, talking about you know what it's like on the subway, on the bus, and I found a lot of these hilarious. One of them was a pigeon here that's kind of circling around and saying, seriously, dude, just pick a seat. Um, if you've ever been on the subway before or the bus, you've probably seen people like that. They're just like you know walking around aimlessly, and it's just like, man, just like pick a seat. Like why are you just standing around? Um, Vienna tweeted out. There's a lady on the bus feeding a rat nestled in her cleavage. Is this ratatouille? I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Megan Brown tweeted out, 
was singing careless whisper on the subway to myself quietly and a guy tipped me a dollar <laughs> i thought that was good uh megan mccoy tweeted out i love it when someone is too cool to hold the pole on the subway and then they fall over i love it less when they fall on me i thought that was pretty funny uh nisha dua tweeted out literally just watch someone purell a subway seat before they sat down shake my head i thought that was pretty funny uh jane appleton tweeted out a man on a train uh a man on a train with me in, uh, in a seat said are you sitting there i said i am he said oh that gave her a long disappointed stare a grumpy face and then phoned someone and said i can't sit down <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny uh, Sabrina tweeted out, Imagine being pregnant for nine months just to give birth to someone who grows up and stands in the door of the subway while people try to get off. That was pretty funny. And then this one, this is an image of a transparent bag uh, that's full of Doritos bags. And uh, Henry Goldman tweeted out, Find someone who looks at you the way that I'm currently looking at this see-through backpack full of Doritos on the subway. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and we're going to end today's podcast uh, talking about uh, Amazon. Uh, so we started the show talking about Toys R Us possibly thinking about filing for bankruptcy. We're going to end the show talking about a possible cause for that, Amazon. Uh, Amazon is looking to invest over $5 billion and 50,000 jobs uh, to find a second headquarters uh, for their offices uh, in North America. Uh, so that will be very interesting to see which city they decide to go in uh, for a second headquarters. Uh, it would be awesome if they actually decide Toronto. I'd be surprised if they did, but um, they're saying North America, not just the U.S. A lot of people created lists of cities in the U.S., um, but they're saying North America, so it'd be interesting to see if they decided to go to maybe like a Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, um, instead of like a New York, or uh, an Atlanta, or uh, Charlotte in North Carolina, or, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a huge list, uh, if you guys look it up online, you'll see like a huge list of different cities that people would like to see Amazon consider, uh, so that would be very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, so, that is the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching. I want to remind you guys, if you can, please do vote uh, for Anna on Maxim's Finest. Again, the link will be on every platform. Uh, it will also be uh, down there on YouTube as well. Um, and yeah, you know, I want to thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for uh, subscribing. Uh, thank you guys for commenting, for interacting with the show. Uh, and let's keep it going. All right.